The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on a Wednesday statewide broadcast on the only syndicated afternoon sports uh, radio show uh, across our state lines. For the station close to you, go to thehugeshow.net, 19 radio station strong. Uh, if you have a comment, add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, opt in on the Huge text chain, text the word HUGE to 21,000. Inside this hour, more conversation with John Conlon. Uh, we're bringing you a coach's perspective, sports dad perspective, uh, a guy who is a passionate sports fan across the board, uh, talking about club and high schools and how many kids are uh, doing club and chasing that college dream. Uh, it's been an interesting conversation. Always good to have John in studio. So for a parent who's doing club, and, and I was, your kids play club and have, and my kids did previously. My original intent why I put them in club soccer wasn't college scholarships, was to become a better player, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then along the way, you watch some of your children flourish in that particular sport. And then you watch your other kids who, as a parent, you can step back and be realistic, like, okay, they're a mid-level. Sure. And, and then here comes the academy teams, the U.S. soccer teams. Uh, one of my children don't make an academy team and decides to go play tackle football. But the training of soccer from 5 to 10 and a half, 11 really helped my son ace when it comes to him playing tackle football today. Uh, my son Legend uh, was... Elite scorer would play with your son at times. Uh, you'd bring him in for futsal. He's a little guy, but you know, as George Money, one of the coaches uh, over at MFA, said, he's like little messy. And uh, he decided right when the pandemic was going down, didn't touch a ball, left club soccer, 19 months, didn't play, uh, returned in early summer, and tried out for Scott Green's Forest Hills Eastern. JV team and through his hard work he's been up on varsity back down on JV and going back up so I saw the break and the positives it had my daughter Ava a great talent has been a four-year high school starter I can see her enjoy playing high school more at the end with club but club then was hitting that age group where I think it really shifts as a sports dad 13-14 when your son or daughter is knocking on that high school door and there are other things like social life, boyfriends, girlfriends, hanging out with the friends, not soccer seven days a week, not, you know, you're around. And they start to have choices that they want, not that what the parents want. You know, when they're nine, you load them up in the van and let's go to South Bend or let's go to Detroit. Let's play in the Motor City Cup. And this is awesome. We're at a nice hotel with pool, pizza. You're hanging out with your friends and all falling asleep. And all the parents 
are having a cold one talking about uh, how great the games were. But 13-14, the travel becomes a little bit different for a lot of the kids, the parents. And, and then when the kid decides that they want to step back, that, that's a tough conversation. Because as a parent, you're saying, I invested in you for eight years and we went to, you know, Greensboro and Dallas and Miami and Super Y and all this. And you're it's a tough moment for you to step back and understand this is about what your kid wants. Very true. As a sports dad. Very true. Okay. So and I've done that with Ava. I've done that with Legend. You know, I've. I watched Ace when he said, I don't want to play soccer anymore. And I'm like, okay, I'll support you and tackle football. But I also know how good soccer was for Ace. Because he was a kid who was clumsy, uncoordinated, five years old. And we were laughing the other day about the first time he played that little mini outdoor soccer. It's August. It's 85 degrees. And I show up after work and Legend's already running like with six-year-olds. And Ace is going and the... The flow's going back and forth, and Ace is just standing in the middle. And I go, Ace, uh, go after the ball, buddy. And he looks at me, and he goes, and he's sweating profusely, and he's like, soccer makes my legs tired. (laughs) But you know what he did is that, and I still give, this is where soccer is in my heart. I watched Ace at five, not quit, was clumsy and found a way, and he's on a D team. Yep. Now when he first gets to enter at seven, right, on a D team. Ace works his way up to a C team, then a B team, and he flourished. I remember. And he was becoming a good player. And not a great player, but a good teammate. The, the, the parents, the teammates, still some that play with legend at Forest Hills Eastern, others that you'll see. All remember how good of a teammate Ace was. And I look at him and his film for football. Everybody who's played the game will say, look at his footwork, right? And it's because of soccer. But also what what soccer did when Ace scored his first game, uh, I think it was against Canton Celtics. Is that the club? Yep. Okay. They're killing us in the Midwest United Cup out at Brewer Park. Your neck of the woods. It's 10 nothing, right? <laughs> this is Ace's first tournament game, which was close to maybe the way the Spring Cup worked. You might not have played any regular season games yet. It might be your start of the season, right? 10 nothing, and all of a sudden there's a shot by one of our guys, and Ace gets a rebound and gets his first goal. <laughs> and, the, and the look on his face, John, when he turned and ran – I had waterworks. I took a photo, and there's a shade of a tree, and I've used this photo a lot just to talk about soccer. Uh, For all what club gets in terms of positive and gets hammered and the money grab, I knew uh, what it did for Ace. And I watch him flourishing now in football as a person, and I know the value uh, of what that club soccer did for him. And the disappointment when he didn't make the A team, but Ace, man enough at 11 to say, you know what, I, I'd i rather move on and play uh, tackle football. 
And it was such a powerful run by A's. And I've, I've, I've been on both sides where Ava's an elite youth player. Legend is like, God, once he gets bigger, he's going to, you know, dominate. And then I watch Ace fight and claw for playing time to move up the ladder with teams. To watch the lessons he learned that you alluded to earlier pan off for him in football right now. Yeah, and he's killing it. Right, because he has to work for it. And he did work for it. And it's a it's the good side of sports. As much as we want to go after hammering of the toxic environment, there are great stories out there. No question. And don't get me wrong, like I'm part of the club soccer world. I, I there are some people in our world that do it exactly the right way and care very deeply about kids and care very deeply about the families. Uh, there's both. Um, you know, I I always get asked the question, like, because I'm, I'm by no means a great soccer parent. Um, you know, I'm learning like anyone else. I, I, I've seen terrible ones, so I, I know I'm not terrible. Um, how, how do you think you are as a sports dad? Because here you are, John, yeah. a a highly respected high school club soccer coach, played college soccer. Soccer's been in your blood. How are Because I've seen you around your kids, mm-hmm. and, and I, I love your kids because your kids have different personalities, and that's the best thing. <laughs> and, and, and we always say, like, you know, living on the edge. But, you know, and I do believe your older son uh, has a shot at really being a pro soccer player one Let's day. See. Who knows? Yeah, but you never know. But I, I love his attitude. Yeah. I mean uh, – how are you as a sports dad? Take away John Conlon, the coach. Yep. High school, because uh, your son played for uh, East Kenwood last year, right? Yeah, he did. Yep. Uh, and so, and now he's moved on to high level MLS next, right? Which so. is a battle for us right now. I mean, like, he, he loves East Kentwood and he loves playing. He misses ice. not playing, right? He does. I, and um, for him, I mean, it, the recruiting avenue with club right now. The doors are going to be opened his sophomore year and junior year with the MLS next, but there it's I'm torn. You know, I, I am definitely torn as a high school coach. I'm torn as a father. Um, what I've tried to do over the years is study uh, parents. I think get it right. Uh, I don't. I, you know, I'm a seven out of ten. I'm not a ten out of ten. As well, where, where's your weakness as a sports dad? You think? Um, I'm not talking about father or personal life. I'm yeah, talking I think, as a sports dad when you're watching your kids or talking to your kids in the car or yeah. after the sports weekend. I mean, I'll tell you, part of what made me successful as an athlete is I'm probably as competitive a human being as you've ever you'll ever meet. Like my family always joked that I had OCD, obsessive competitive disorder. And that's probably true. I have that too. That's why we've connected, John. <laughs> exactly. What I've learned to do over the years is manage that and focus on the process and not focus on the results, right? Um, you know, I grew up with Derek Jeter, and Derek's a year older than me, played basketball with me. Uh, Derek's dad was a great athlete, and his dad was super humble. Super humble. And still is. And Derek, you know, Derek had a little cockiness to him. I don't think people realize that, but he was, for the most part, Hardworking and humble. Um, you know, I coached Jen in cottage. Jenin was Mr. Soccer in Michigan. And his dad, like, honestly, his dad would only talk to him about how hard he worked after games. He wouldn't talk to him about his goals. And Jenin scored 45 goals as a senior. 
Um, is that I, a state record? Uh, no, but for D- Division One, it's the highest ever. Yeah. But What's uh, the state record for high school goals in Michigan? It's like, well, Some actually, no, I'm crazy sorry. lower division number. No, actually, SUNY Sod does have the record for D1. I think it's 60. Mm. Um, but Jenin, you know, I'll tell you, if Jenin had played for another coach, he would have scored 60. I, I pulled him out after three goals every time. And it drove him nuts. But, you know, we're not going to humiliate people. And that's just not the way we do it. Um, I, you know, I've been around Mark Stacy, which people in West Michigan would know Mark. His son, uh, Jake Stacy, was Mr. Soccer, played at Michigan. His son, Jeremy, played at Vanderbilt. His other son was a very good player, too. Mark um, was a longtime stud athlete in this area. And I, I studied Mark as a, as a dad. And, and Mark pushed his kids, but he also knew when to step back. What is that point when you know you have to step back? As a sports dad, um, when it becomes about you, <laughs> when it becomes—I mean, very. Simple. And what is that? What's a, you, a situation that you would, you know, because we're doing radio, not TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's a situation you would recommend to a parent listening, mom or dad? That's the step back time. Uh, if you're influencing the direction they're going, 100 percent, that's a step back time. Uh, what do you mean by that? I, what I mean by that is when they hit 14, 15, 16. If you're the one who's setting up everything for them that's driving them to all the trainings and and setting up these extra trainings and holding them accountable without allowing them ownership you need to step back because they're going to burn out uh i i did not train this this is interesting to a lot of people i coached brody when he was younger but i did not train him individually until he asked me and when he asked me was 13 years old 14 years old during covid and I, I was not going to push it on him. I did not want to be Earl Woods. And I think, it, you know, it, we have a generation now of parents that are trying to be like Earl Woods. And, you know, listen, but it worked for Earl Woods. Yeah, did it? I mean, Tiger's my favorite golfer of all time. He, he loves his dad. But Tiger's had a lot of emotional issues because of that. And I will connected t- the family. Right. Um, so, yeah, Tiger's my favorite golfer. And, yeah, he's probably the best golfer of all time. But I think he had to sacrifice in other ways. I'd rather you be Del Curry, you know, Del Curry, NBA Hall of Famer. And he literally, literally did not do anything with Steph until Steph was like 12 and was begging him to train him. He brought Steph to games and Steph was on the sideline of his NBA games, but he wasn't training Steph. He he wanted Steph to have that passion on his own. And so I'd rather you be Del Curry and lead and when when the time is right start training your kid then be that crazy dad who's got their kid you know swinging a golf club at a year and a half and you know non-stop demanding they play every single second like listen you do have to do some different if you want to be special you do have to put in more time than other people but if you're burning your kid out and you're pushing them too hard you'll know you'll feel it and if you don't well then <laughs> your kid will let you know and and I went through that with Legend when he wanted to step away. I'm like, you committed to a team. Yeah, you committed to this team. You've got to see this through. And he kept fighting it. I'm like, we you know we have a rule. You commit to a team. You see it through the season. You want to quit after that? If it's a year, if it's three weeks, if it's six months. And as a father, uh, with the pandemic, with Legend becoming a teenager, there was. It's a tumultuous time. And I think the one thing I've tried to learn, and I've learned through five kids, trial and error, that I've got to put myself in their shoes. I have to think like they're thinking. Why are they doing this? For sure. And I'm talking connected to sports and maybe even other things in life, right? 
And to watch Legend shut it down for 19 months and see the passion back that he missed and wanted, that's when I don't have to say a word anymore. Because I know he's fueled by, hey, man, I want to go kick the soccer ball. I want, Or Ace is like, hey, I want to sign up and I want to work out. I'm lifting. You know, it's game day. And you're lifting in the morning. What are you doing? He goes, I can't take a day off. And I'm like, I, I say this about the high school experience at 13, 14, Johnny. The kid has to want it. Yep. For them to succeed. Let me tell you something about that. Um, there was a shirt that they wore back in the day that said, when you're not working, somebody else is, and they're going to beat you when you play. I don't, something along those lines, right? And that was my dad's philosophy. Like, he he would say to me, um, you know, hey, listen, it's up to you. If you want to be great, you got to go out and work on your own. I'm not going to force you to do it. I'm not going to bring you out there and have you do it every second. You got to do it on your own. And it was great advice. I mean, I, I was smart enough to listen to it, and I found that passion at 14, 15, 16, and I'm hoping my kids have that same thing. Um, yeah, have there been moments where I've probably pushed too hard? Yes. And then I realize it and I take a step back. We're, you know, we're, we're human beings. We well, may- where do you think you've pushed too much as a sports dad, John, that you, because, you know, really being a, a parent is a, a daily life lesson. Sure. Right. <laughs> where it, it really is yeah. on all levels, beyond sports, life, everything. Well, not regrets, but where would you, uh, you don't have to mention specific child, but where would you say, you know what, man, I could have done this differently? I mean, there were some times where I think I was hard on Brody and Caleb. Uh, you know, personality plays a lot into sports, right? Some kids are really sensitive. Some kids, you know, have s- steel in their spine. And there was probably some times where I, you know, I. by the way, I rarely ever talk about goals and assists with my kids. I always talk about how hard they worked, Right. Um, that's a Carol Dweck. That's a, you know, growth mindset. And, but there were times where I got on my kids cause they didn't work hard enough. And I think maybe it was counterproductive, right? Like, or I probably the biggest mistake, and this is a, a definite mistake parents make is to have that discussion directly after a game or have it after an emotion. Cause we're all emotional, right? Like, you know, it's a, it's a passionate game. Your kid maybe misses a big chance to score at the end and you have the discussion with them afterward that's the last time they want to talk about it and i've made that mistake um but i've gotten better and i think you know every year i i just continue to study the parents who do it the right way and and honestly i i want to educate people Uh, you know i've been around this game and i've been around sports my whole life 40 some years right and um, Are you leaving off a few years on that number? We'll, we'll go with 40. <laughs> <laughs> Easy now. Uh, um, but I want to educate people because, you know, don't ruin it for your kids. This is, listen, your kids are going to be college graduates before you know it. And if you're pushing them super hard and they hate sports by the time they're 16, 17 years old, you know, what was the point in the first place? Um, and I, I, the other thing I, I want to do for the rest of my career is honestly – Make an example of those people that are ruining for kids. I think they should be made an example of. Some of the parents I see on the sidelines and how they treat their own kids and other people's kids, like they should not be a part of youth sports. Get rid of them. Kick them out. Not You can't be a part of this league anymore. Goodbye. We don't need you. I've seen at the high school level kids who will complain about being taken out of a game to a coach. <laughs> not I, in my program. Well, no, but I, I – and again, I'm, I, I'm just like at some point do you – you know when when do you draw the line? I 
I, I won't name the coach, but there's a coach I know who announced to the parents there's no 24-hour rule. Matter of fact, uh, there is never a discussion about playing time with me at all. Mm-hmm. Nothing. You want to talk about your kid if they're being treated wrong or you think that uh, there is never a discussion on playing time. This is a high school coach with me at all. John Shilato, who I don't know if he Legendary was, high school Zeeland West, right? Yep. So John got hired in 2000 at East Kentwood. Same year I got hired. Won a state t- championship, just dominated. Lost, lost in the final. They lost to Brother Rice? Uh, was it Catholic or, or, Central? Or Catholic Central. Yeah. Catholic Central. But anyways, listen, I got hired. I was 24, 23 years old, green as can be. And my dad said, you better go study some of the coaches that know what they're doing. So I sat in on John's meeting. John didn't know me. I'm sitting in the back of the room with the parents and football meeting. First thing he said is, listen, I'm going to make mistakes as a coach, but my mistakes are based on what I see every single day. They're not emotional mistakes that you make as a parent because it's your kid. So don't ever question me about playing time. If I make a mistake, it's an educated mistake. Yours is an emotional mistake. And he was right. I mean, it's, you know, as a coach, you do sometimes make bad decisions, but you know, most of the time you're doing it based on what you've seen every single day or what you've coached every single day. Whereas I'll tell you this, I, I just sat in on an evaluation of Brody the other day with his coach, Luke Ruff, who's a great coach, coach Aquinas. And I think Luke would kind of expect me to kind of give my feedback, but I can't evaluate my own kid. I can't, I don't care how many kids I've evaluated in my lifetime. He's my son, right? Like I can't give a fair evaluation of my son. So I don't, I just ask Luke, what do you see? You know, uh, Lewis, what do you see? What do you, cause honestly, anything I say is going to be, is going to be skewed cause he's my kid. And I think parents have to realize that I'm telling you after 40 some years of playing sports that I can't evaluate my own son. Cause I can't, there is not a parent on this planet that can fairly evaluate their own kid. That won't be biased towards their children. hundred percent. There is not. And I, I think I, I'll say this through learning, John, I, I'm honest. I, I really believe that through learning as a dad, good and bad, right? I think I'm pretty locked in on where my kids are at, where their potential is. And not that I go to my kids like, hey, you know, a good job, but this is it. End of the road for you. I, I, I don't do that, but I... The high school experience after eight years of the club, I think it's easy to see, in my mind as a parent, what players belong on the field when you're trying to win a for sure. big game and what players don't. I think it's easy for me to see. It's the parents who are blinded by the love of their children or that, well, my kid played club for eight years and he <laughs> he's uh, ECNL and... There's no way he or she shouldn't be in every minute. Let me tell you a a sad fact that I've noticed. So Doc Rivers has this uh, thing online where he gets asked a question about his son um, and whether or not he would go talk to a coach for his son. He said, I'll never talk to a coach. Like, my son's got to fight through it, right? And what Doc said was, I think every coach wants to win. So if they're making decisions, it's probably based on what they think is going to be best. I felt like that forever, but I will tell you, because of the culture now, with coaches getting fired easily, with you know NIL, with all like I'm not always sold. Coaches are there to win; they're there to survive sometimes. And I will tell you this: I don't care. I'm there to win. I, I 
you don't like it, too bad. Go play for someone else. I do not care. And that's the only way I know how to coach. But I will tell you, some of my friends are in different situations and they feel the pressure. And so then, you know, they give in and they play kids that probably shouldn't be playing as much. Um, You you know, if you look at the starting lineup on any high school soccer team, I can almost guarantee you that those 11 kids probably did way more training wise and on their own than the, the the 10 kids on the bench. And any parent who doesn't realize that, well, you haven't been around sports very long. The one thing I've seen is a lot of parents uh, with freshmen, sophomores think their kids should be started in front of the seniors. <laughs> right? You, have you seen that a lot? I have seen that. Right. And, and it's because their kid was a stud uh, playing up a year in club soccer, you know, basketball. I mean, I... I know Granville made the mistake when they didn't bring up Devin Booker. Yeah, that's a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of those. That that's one, one of those. That one maybe you make a When change. you're Melvin Booker, you know your kid's pretty good. And uh, we can look at Devin Booker and just check out the NBA Phoenix but Suns to your, stats. To your point, you're talking about arguably a top five guy in the NBA, right? Like, I mean. Booker is now. Yeah. And he was. well, But, it, but what, it, what happened here, and I've heard the story when – you know, again, you're Granville and whoever the coach was at the time, and you're like, well, you got to earn your way. You know, there could be a little old school. Melvin Booker, Devin left Grand Rapids. Yep. Moved to Kentucky, some, right? Uh, moved to Kentucky, Mississippi, something yeah. like that. I think went, ended up at Kentucky. I think his dad was living in Mississippi at the yeah. time. And he woke up every morning <laughs> with his dad and trained yep. every morning. Hey, folks. Uh, We've only produced one Devin Booker in Grand Rapids, so your kid's probably not Devin Booker. And so, we Loy Vaught, and we've had some other. Yeah. But realistically, that's a rare situation. Drew Neitzel, right? Yeah. Drew Neitzel. But even Drew is And Drew's amazing, And right? he got to D-League and played a little Europe. We're not talking top five in the NBA. Like, it's a rare situation. It's a rare, rare situation that a 14-year-old kid, and Drew did it as a freshman at Wyoming Park, but it's a rare situation that a 14- or 15-year-old kid is going to be that much more mature than an 18-year-old senior. It's rare. And I'll tell you... Physically I, and emotionally. Yes. Right? Now, now, listen, Giuseppe Broni, who played for me, who we're talking maybe the best talent ever to come out of West Michigan, he started on my 2012 state championship team as a freshman. Brilliant player, finalist national player of the year at Michigan State. But even as a freshman, there was a learning curve for Jew. Like He was competing against 18-year-old men. I made him earn it. I didn't start him the first game. I didn't start Brody Conlon his first game. I don't care how good those guys are. They're not 18-year-old men. So they had to earn their spurs, right? And by the end of the season, there's no question Jew was arguably the best player on the field. But it took him a while. You know, he wasn't ready right away. He's playing against guys 100 pounds heavier than him. Um, yeah, yeah, the Bronies, uh, the passion there in East Kenwood and coaching your son, which is, I think, probably up there with the – Best experience you've ever had? I didn't even coach him, though. He did? My, I, he was on my team. I didn't coach him. That whole season last year, Giuseppe Brony was my assistant coach, and I said, I'm not saying a word to Brody. You coach him. You know? I mean, so he had a way better coach than me coaching him. <laughs> yeah, Giuseppe, you know. Uh, Giuseppe had coach at East Kenwood. He is. Yeah, he's and he's playing it. his dad, uh, uh, Joey, in Grand Rapids Catholic Central Saturday, and I think the – is it the uncle is going to be the head referee? <laughs> Joe Piccioni. I think it's my Piccioni. favorite referee uh, of all time. I think it's Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah it Saturday. Is. Coming it's up the, Saturday. And I'll, and I'll tell you, you know, I learned a lot from Joe. Is it the Baroni Cup? <laughs> well, great coaches, great players. Um, I learned a lot from Joe over the years with his own kids, too, right? Like, every kid's different. 
Uh, you d- demand excellence. I mean, here's a guy who's got four kids that played at Michigan State. Is there anyone else in the country that can say that? I don't think so. Um, and Joe was demanding, but he also knew when to back off too, right? Like it's 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 this fine line as a parent. I watch when Joe has ran into Ava through the high school circles. Uh, she goes and gives him a hug, and he was as tough on her mm-hmm. as any coach in the grit and what they do and how good of men – Giuseppe, Hunter, Mark, and Dom are off the field. Oh, heck yeah. You know, Mark will call, Mark coached Brody. Mark will call Brody after he has a big game in club. It, like, it, it's about caring about kids. And there's it's like Gizzo. Look at all the guys that come back and see Izzo. We were talking about this before the show. He can be borderline Jack Nicholson shining crazy <laughs> during a game. Yes, he can. But how many of those guys are showing up uh, on uh, reunion weekend or when Draymond Green wants him? To attend his wedding with Curry and LeBron. Oh, and you know what? Tom Izzo will be the first one to help him out when they need something, too. I mean, years later in their life. Like, it, it, it's not it, it's not complex. Like, there's a difference between Bob Knight and Tom Izzo. Bob Knight was about Bob Knight. He's demanding. He's, you know, a jerk. Tom Izzo's demanding, but he cares about those kids. And he really knows that those kids are going to be more than basketball players. And so, like, yeah, I'd, I'd give anything to have my son play for Tom Izzo. John Conlon, uh, well-respected soccer coach uh, back in the day at East Kentwood, currently uh, the Byron Center girls team joining us in studio. We're talking about the state of high school versus club sports and parents and coaches and a toxic environment for some and still a great experience uh, for others. If you have a comment or question, add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, and also opt in on the Huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. And if you missed any of our conversation, just search The HUGE Show where you download podcasts and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is HUGE. In the gym. It's a new day to celebrate and be free. It's a new day full of excitement because it's a new day for winning only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. It's a new day at SoaringEagleCasino.com. This is an interesting series with the Orioles. Baltimore is a team that lost 110 games last season and are closing in on 80 wins this year. Only six teams since 1900 have won 70 games following a season in which it lost 110. They have done it with defense and the infusion of youth, which is a great sign for the Tigers. Detroit is being pushed forward with their young core of Torkelson, Carpenter, Kreidler, and Green. Riley Green was in the same draft class as Baltimore catcher Adley Rushman and Gunnar Henderson. All three have been impactful players, like many in that 2019 draft class. Look at the names in that draft. Bobby Witt Jr., Andrew Vaughn, J.J. Blade, C.J. Abrams, Alec Manoa, Bryson Stott, and George Kirby. All that, combined with those who are playing in this series, are a good reason why baseball's in a good place. Keith Urban, the Speed of Now World Tour, the must-see show of 2022, September 22nd, Van Andel Arena, with Tyler Hubbard, and special guest Ingrid Andrus. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Keith Urban, the Speed of Now World Tour. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And the NFL is in full swing. The Lions are playing great football, one-on-one, going into the Minnesota game on Sunday. 
So the DraftKings Sportsbook app has a deal for new customers who download the app, use promo code HUGE when they sign up, and those new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? So just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code HUGE when you sign up to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. One and up in Michigan only. Bonus issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We're back on the huge show across Michigan, originating from the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Store Studio. Superfly Hayes, the executive producer, John Conlon, head girls soccer coach at Byron Center High School on the west side of the state, had a great run at East Kentwood, one of the most well-respected coaches on and off the pitch in the state of Michigan and across America. We've been talking about parents, coaches, refs, uh, club to high school sports. So here's the big question, John, and you would know it better than I would. For all the kids playing club sports, well, let's just go in West Michigan. What's the percentage of kids that are getting college scholarships? Oh, very low. I mean, well, what would you say? What would be your guesstimate? All the kids playing less than 1%. Right. I mean, I, and I'm talking any type of you know, sports money. Um, I tell all my high school kids that majority of your money is going to come from academic money. So I, it's very low, especially if you're in a minor sport. Football, a little different. but All right, so nationally, uh, with all the kids who have played club soccer and all the different levels that there are, Academy to MLS Next and more in ECNL and all the leagues across the land, from the women's soccer perspective to the men's soccer national team, how has all this club soccer helped our national teams? I think our men's teams are getting significantly better. We're very young. Our, our, our current U.S. men's team is really young, but we have a lot of guys playing overseas in high-level leagues. I think this World Cup, we're going to be lucky to get out of our group if we do, uh, but we're really building towards four years from now. So you got to kind of take the losses uh, very similar to what, you know, England did like England eight years ago, you know, put together a young team. And now I, I think England's legitimately a favorite to win the World Cup. France did the same thing. Um, we don't have that depth of talent of, of those countries, but I, I really like where our national team is right now on the women's side. That's a different beast because we've been so dominant for so long that I kind of feel the rest of the world is starting to catch up a little bit. 
Um, and it all comes down to the pro leagues. You know, our MLS league for men is getting better and better. There's better, better quality, better training environment, better coaches. And so that's filtering down into our youth system. We're on the women's side. We do have a good women's professional league, but over in Europe, you have like the premiership, you have fully funded women's academies that are paid for by the men's program. So like Manchester United, for example, has a women's program where all those female players, you know, everything's free for them, right? And so they're training in a high level environment. We can't replicate that in the US because we don't have a women's pro league with that kind of money. So why doesn't the MLS do the WNBA thing and connect to the franchises and create a women's division for every MLS team? You would think with the advertisers, with the state of politics in America, that the MLS creating a women's division would be the smart move. Well, I think so. But I think it's like a brother-sister thing, right? Like, I love my sister, but I got to get myself established first. Before I start, well, it's like WNBA. I don't see crowds. I occasionally, maybe late in the playoffs, yeah. Connecticut draws well. You don't see big panned crowd shots at WNBA games. Most will say they're surviving uh, based on uh, just a niche market right now. Yeah, it's a little different in soccer because I do think women's soccer has a big following internationally has a big following in the u.s like so why won't the mls jump on that and create a women's division they got money right they gotta make sure they're stable financially first they can't they can't worry about what's not theirs right like that would be a great thing for them to do but it they can't do it at the detriment of themselves before i let you go johnny uh what's your advice to a soccer or sports mom or dad a club or high school coach a club or high school ref what would be the advice on how to make things better across the board um yeah those are all different questions Uh, for coaching it's you know learn from those that have been there i mean everything i've ever done i've stolen from somebody way smarter than me uh don't think you know it all and, and parents i'll tell you this if 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 your kid plays for a coach who makes you believe they know everything then you need to go to a different coach because the best coaches are continually learning. Uh, for parents, uh, yeah, provide opportunity for your kids, but make it fun. And, you know, step back when you think you're too involved. Uh, for referees, yeah, I, uh, nothing will change with referees until parents change or start to change and until um, we gain perspective as a country. Unfortunately, I think referees are going to have to deal with this toxic environment for a while it's just you know when they wake up when kids aren't are having limited games because there's no refs it's starting to happen right it's starting to happen in high school sports i hate to say it yeah there's two refs now on jv because lack of numbers correct it's sad and and what's advice to you said coaches with parents uh with refs uh for the sports dads and sports moms out there (laughs) i know i know you said fun but what about for the ones who may know deep inside they cross the line, uh, they have done it, they are doing it. Uh, change, change your behavior. Own right. it. Own it, right? If you're sitting alone at the game, no one wants to sit by you, you're that parent. Uh, if your kid is getting cut from teams and they're pretty good, they're probably cutting you, not your kid. And that happens, by the way. Hate to hate to you know burst people's bubble, but... We have those discussions at the club level. Like, if a parent's a complete nightmare, we don't want to deal with that. 
So parents, you know, step back and let it happen, you know, and if you make a mistake, own it. Like you're a human being, right? We all make mistakes. Just own it. John, fantastic conversation. Uh, my best to you and your family. Thank All you. Right. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Yeah, when World Cup comes around, I'll get you and the Baronies. Heck yeah. In studio. That would be good. John Conlon, he is the head women's slash girls soccer coach at Byron Center High School. He had a great run at East Kenwood. One of the most well-respected uh, names in soccer in the state of Michigan joining us in studio on this MHSAA Wednesday. If you missed any of our conversation, uh, the podcasts are free, and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show, and you can hear my entire conversation with John Conlon on your schedule. Again, search The Huge Show, where you download podcasts. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM. Hey, this is Matt Shepard. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any Major League Baseball game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in free bets up to $25. Log on to your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to take advantage of the offer all season long. Just opt in to the one-game parlay insurance program, then place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any MLB game. If you miss only one leg on your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Are you ready to hit the open road? You know, get out of Dodge. Meet us at the Detroit Camper Show. Vickers Trailer Sales specializes in towables. New and used pop-ups, retro-style campers, travel trailers, and fifth wheels. Browse inventory online at VickersTrailerSales.com. That's V-I-C-A-R-S TrailerSales.com. Call or text 313-291-9000. For over 53 years, Vickers makes happy campers. No big box store pressure, just mom and pop deals. Campers starting at $89.99. Or payments as low as $128 a month with 10% down and credit approval. Call or text 313-291-9000. Your adventure awaits at Vickers Trailer Sales. Coming right at you. The excitement you've been waiting for. Eagle Casino and Sports. The mobile casino made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Play slots and table games with live dealers at one exciting site. PlayEagle.com. Sign up today and get a match deposit up to $1,500. That's right, up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Go to PlayEagle.com and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network.
Time to check in on what's on tap at your local brand, Steakhouse and Grill, your home for all Michigan, Michigan State, ND, Lions, Big Ten, and NFL football games on all the TVs and all brands' locations. Now, there's the brands in Bay City. For our listeners on 100.9 FM, you'll find the brands in Caledonia just south of Grand Rapids, the brands in Cascade east of GR, the brands in Holland off of US 31 on James. For those listening on WHTC, there's also Johnny Brands in Granville west of GR and Johnny Brands on Leonard off of 131 in downtown Grand Rapids. So when the Wolverines and the Spartans and the Lions are playing, it's on all the TVs at all brands locations. For the one close to you, go to brands.com. Or you can order up your brand's favorites and have them delivered to your house or pick them up uh, for your watch party at your home. Uh, Order online, go to brands.com. That's brands.com. And remember, lunch, dinner, and happy hours two times a day. At all brands, steakhouse and grills. Big, bad, huge.